Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Live Life Liberated with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. Today, Kyle Malmstrom is in the hot seat behind the microphone. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm pretty excited. You've got Rob Sawinski, and he's from Advisors Asset Management. What are you guys talking about today? Uh, today, we're talking about an investment called Structured Notes. Structured Notes. I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, there's a lot of people that haven't heard of it. We've been talking with clients in different centers of influence and, and educating clients on what they are and how they work and whether or not they're appropriate for them and when it is and lots of variables that go into it. But I got an expert here, Rob, with us today. Rob, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you very much for having me, Kyle. And Eric, of course. Of course. So today's interest rate environment, Eric, and for the listening audience is is pretty miserable, I guess would Mm -hmm. be a good way to put it. At the bank, you're not making anything on a 10-year treasury as of this afternoon. You're going to make 20 basis points. On a 10-year treasury note, you're going to make 1.3 corporates, depending on if you want investment grade or or below, you're going to average anywhere from on the short term, 40 to 50 basis points, maybe up to a couple hundred basis points. So not very exciting. So I brought Rob because we're going to be talking about structured notes. So Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do for advisors asset management, and then we'll roll into what structured notes are. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah. So Rob Sawinski, I've been in the industry since approximately 1998, started off my career at Citigroup. Uh, in New York City on the sales and trading desk, mostly in the beginning working on a lot of corporate bonds, U.S. agencies, and really high net worth model type portfolios. We had a really good background in the fixed income marketplace. Lo and behold, structured notes came about. And structured notes were really just a combination of those same corporate bonds and U.S. agencies. But this time, rather than having what we know today in retail as a income stream or a coupon payment, it's now substituted with an options package. Fast forward really quickly to about 2015, decided to look for another opportunity away from Citigroup, and I found Advisors Asset Management, which happened to be my client for the previous three years. So it was really easy knowing where I'm going, and I really gravitated towards the product itself, the structured note product, because I've been working on it for so long. The retail clients and the institutional clients like yourselves, like RIAs, like Centura, started to adopt more of the structured product business. And over the last six years, we've seen tremendous growth at Advisors Asset Management. We've seen tremendous growth from RIAs, from the wirehouses, and from independent broker dealers. So in a nutshell, my background for the last about I would say 12 years since 2000. Oh, actually, sorry, I'm dating myself a little bit longer than that. 2006 was when the first structured note that I touched. So since then, about 15, 15 years or so of dealing with structured notes. And it's it's just grown and grown and grown. Hey, Rob, you got, <clears throat> you got my attention when you talked about the fixed income side and this options, options package. So mm-hmm. what is a structured note for our listening audience? Oh, very simple to understand. If you've ever purchased a certificate of deposit from a bank, you would receive a coupon payment. Let's say in a decade ago, that coupon payment would have been anywhere from 3 to 5%. This year, as, as you mentioned earlier, Kyle, that is now very little, zero point something. 
So removing the coupon payment using either a CD, you know, which we have very limited access to CDs, but most of the industry does, but you can also use corporate bonds. So you take that same senior unsecured corporate bond that any bank will issue or any, well, mostly banks will issue, sometimes some, some corporate entities as well. You strip out the coupon or don't pay a coupon, but you embed an option package. And the option package could be as simple as a call. You have a call on the S&P. And the, if the S&P moves up, let's say 10%, you receive 10%. If the S&P moves up higher than that, you possibly receive higher. But it's really just a combination. These days, I would say 95% of the market is corporate bonds with an option package embedded that links to the equity market. So now think about this. You have a corporate bond issued by a bank, but rather than receiving a coupon, you have access to the equity markets. You have downside protection, which we can talk about as we, as we go through this, this podcast. So you have the benefit of both downside protection and access to the upside performance of, let's say, the S&P 500. And we know the market's been doing well. What banks are... And for context, what, what mm-hmm. banks are participating in this? So I'm buying this note from a bank. Mm-hmm. So I have, I have credit risk of the bank. Let's talk about the different banks and the credit risk associated. That's right. So you do have the credit risk. So we still follow uh, the Moody's and S&P ratings for perceived credit risk of the underlying bank. So let's start off with Canadians. We have access to Toronto Dominion Bank or TD Bank, Bank of Montreal, CIBC. Uh, we have access to the French and European banks. So it could be Sakgen or Barclays or BNP Paribas. Access to the U.S. banks, such as J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Citigroup, all very well-known and recognizable names, basically iconic names within the structured note world. They're the ones that are issuing these structured notes. Ratings can go anywhere from AA rated for the Canadian banks to as low as A3 triple B plus, which in the world of investment grade corporate bonds is still pretty, pretty high. You're not at the bottom, but you're still investment grade. And that would be someone like Citigroup, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, for example. Uh, have any of these banks ever defaulted on any of these notes, Rob? Oh, well, um, <laughs> there is always one. And that one happened to be Lehman Brothers. But again, Lehman Brothers was not defaulting on structured products or structured notes. Lehman Brothers just just defaulted. They just yeah. defaulted. So it didn't really matter if you owned stock of the company or you owned a straight corporate bond or if it was a corporate bond structured note. They all defaulted. So that would be the, the yeah. case of where one, yes, it, it has happened in the past. So for disclaimers, right, or, or giving clients a... a uh, Remember, this is the credit risk of the issuing bank. As long as the bank is around, you'll receive your final payment in the terms of the structured note. If the bank defaults, uh, which these days could be possibly a lot harder, harder, given all the regulatory rules that have been put in place. But if it does, then you're defaulted as well. And that's the risk people take with credit risk. Well, let's talk about the fun side, the upside of this stuff. So you get this note, you get an option package along with it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're backed by one of the big banks. Now, what, how are people using these notes? What, what, 
you said it was tied to an end. What are you seeing most right now in terms sure. of deal flow? Sure. Well, as you mentioned earlier in the, the beginning of our conversation, how low interest rates are, and they've been this way for a decade, and they've been manipulated by the central banks globally, and they will continue to do so. I mean, once their hands are in the cookie jar, it's not really coming out. Things like inflation used to be market movers. Not really. I mean, you, we mentioned 1.3% on the 10-year treasury. You don't see inflation unless you drive or you eat. So yes, there's plenty of inflation out there, but it's not driving the markets anymore. So what's, the, what's an investor to do who's looking for income? What we've seen is around 60 to 70, even sometimes as high as 80% of our flows being income enhancement trades. So to put it, if I can put it like really quickly, let's say a three-year callable and one-year note by, the, by a U.S. bank, let's say J.P. Morgan, it is linked to the performance of the S&P, the Russell, and the NASDAQ. It could potentially pay you a 5 to 6% coupon per year as long as certain parameters are met. And those parameters would be that none of those indices drop by more than 30% during the life of the trade, three years. And that at maturity, none of them drop by 30% or more because then you have your principal at risk. So you could lose money. Yes, while you can make an enhanced return, there is this risk component, which is one to your cash flow and two to your principal at maturity. But you feel you have enough cushion. Well, the enhanced yield piece has has my attention because, and that's why mm -hmm. we do this. So that so when we build model portfolios, right, and and we're hearing right now the 60-40 model of a balanced model might be dead because the bond market is just not contributing to a balanced model. So we as a asset manager are looking for that yield, right? We're That's looking right. for that income replacement, which is what you're talking about. And 5% relative to if it's five, four, three and a half, any of those are a hundred times better than what we're getting right now in, in fixed income, it feels like. So you get this income enhancement and now it balances out the model or balances out the situation. And I know because we manage money for high net worth individuals, you know, they, yep. not everybody has the same risk appetite for the market. And so a lot of people like fixed income and they're looking for, Hey, how am I going to get some yield? How am I going to get paid mm -hmm. for the next couple of years? So do we have to do a three-year note, Rob? What, what are the different timeframes we have here? Well, it's basically infinite, to be honest, infinite in the type of structures. And as far as the tenors go, it could be as short as 12 months. It can be as long as 20 years. Depends on which bank is it wants to put on that type of risk for the more sophisticated client. Obviously, if you're putting on a 20-year trade, you really should know what you're doing. If, yeah. if you're looking for something shorter term, let's say a year and a half. And again, it's a year and a half corporate bond that has some parameters about the risk, whether you make a coupon or lose principal, depending on how the underlying will move. But if you look at the simplest trades, like I mentioned earlier, like the three-year auto callable or issue recallable trades, if they're linked to U.S. indices, they'll pay around 5%, maybe 6 today. If they're linked to big tech names, for example, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, we can link to those too. 
Well, then you could be looking at 12% coupons. Now, obviously, there's a lot more risk with a single stock as compared to the S&P 500 or the Russell 2000. But if you own the stocks... Why would I get 2x the yield on a single stock? Sure. Volatility. You're getting paid for putting on the risk of volatility. Think about it this way, Kyle. If you're buying a regular domestic car that's just a commuter car going back and forth, your zero to 60 is around nine seconds. You're not really going to get anywhere. But if you want something more exciting and something that gives you that oomph as in or oomph return, well, then you can go to something more volatile. And that would be like these big tech names. And you can definitely see it. I mean, most people know, recognize what Facebook is, but Facebook has a lot of moving components, whether it's regulatory, political, or anything else, and it's valued in the movement of the stock. So the stock will move exponentially greater than the S&P 500 would move. You as the investor are being paid for taking the volatility of that stock. And that's so, pretty much how it works. Okay. So, and, and for our listening audience, because you brought it up, the options package, one of the pricing mechanisms in an option is volatility. So mm -hmm. by having a single stock that has theoretically greater volatility than the stock market, the S&P 500, you can receive a greater coupon, but it comes with more risk because the market could move down. So you talked about this downside protection of 30%. Mm -hmm. You know, we've priced out lots of these with you and your firm, and we've priced out 20%, 25%, we can solve for what yield you want. And Rob's come back and said, okay, hey, I have to get you a 5%, 4.5%, I can get you a 23% downside. Yep. So that seems pretty flexible. And the reason we work with Rob and his group is because they can go price these things up very efficiently, very quickly, and we can get down to what we want. And so as an asset manager, we're looking at Hey, the needs of our clients and the client says, Hey, you know, I, I have a cash flow demand in 18 months. What can I do? I actually have some risk tolerance here. I just want, I don't, I want something that's got good safety to it, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to take some downside if the market goes down and Hey, if I could get this yield and we go out and price. And you're making a good point. As long as you have the risk tolerance, these are not riskless products as in, Equities are not riskless. ETFs are not riskless. Mutual funds are not riskless. Your tolerance level will dictate what your return is, or you can go the other way. I have an 8% per annum bogey of the income stream I'm looking for. What would be my risk if I wanted to do US indices or if I wanted to do single stocks? And maybe you have your own brand of single stocks that you're looking for, which can all be priced up. And one thing that clients don't realize, they think this is all black box in the background. You know, they're, these are not the structured notes or structured quote unquote products that you would have heard of during the credit crisis. CLOs and CDOs has nothing to do with this. These are all very retail friendly. There's a full prospectus. There's maybe even a two page summary and the marketplace creates about five to 600 of these trades every single month as a best efforts, like meaning it's open for two weeks. If you like it, purchase it through your advisor. If you don't like it and you want something of your own, you have enough money, 
Usually it's around half a million dollars or as a group, half a million dollars. Sure, you can create your own based on the risk parameters. As a retailer guy, you can go all the way down to like a thousand bucks. For the non-custom, like those five to 600 QCIPs or trades that are being promoted every single month by the banks. Yes, it's a thousand to invest and a thousand multiple. So let's say you have $10,000, you're thinking of a mutual fund or you're thinking of some other product. You can also buy a structured note. And there's no really, there's no real commitment while you're looking at it because it's just an open period until the trade date. Once the trade date happens, you own it. And yes, you get a full prospectus with it. With scenario analysis, what if this happens? What if that happens? And it's done in layman's terms. So we've seen a real, real increase in retail demand for these products because they're becoming more acceptable, more commonplace. Hey, we're going to come back to the growth there, Rob. But before mm-hmm. I forget, I want to touch base on that 30% downside to make sure everyone understands what that means. Sure. Because I'm afraid that maybe somebody listened to that and said, oh, down, I'm down 30%. And that is not the case. So let's talk about those barriers of whether it's 25% down. Yep. Let's just use one index. Let's just say we have a coupon that we tied it to the S&P 500. Mm-hmm. And let's say it's going to pay us 5% over whatever term we get and we pick a 25% downside, Yep. what does that mean? So what that means is anything from zero to minus 25 in the performance of that index, at maturity, you would receive your full investment back. If it drops below the 25% at maturity, so let's say it's minus 30, then you are minus 30 as well in this structured note. So you that's have in, that's on the kick in though, right? That's on the knock in. That's right. So that, that's known as a barrier knock in trade. There are also buffer notes. <laughs> well, those are next. Let's talk about the geared one. I don't those are next level. Those are next level risk components. So I think you're you're right to think about if you're not too familiar with them, that they do knock in and you do have your loss right away. But there are things like buffer notes, and buffer notes are not going to pay you 5%. Let's say they pay you 3%. It's still greater than anything else you have. But now because it's created as a buffer, anything from, let's say, zero to minus 20 in this case, you receive your initial investment back at maturity. So let's say it's a two-year note, a three-year note. The S&P is dropped by 15%. You have a 20 buffer. You get back your $1,000 per bond. Maybe you bought 10 of them, you get to back $10,000. You have no other growth potential. Maybe you missed a coupon or two, but you get your investment back. Past the buffer, so let's say the S&P is down 25% because it's a buffer, it stays there. So now you are down only five. So minus 25 on the S&P, 20 buffer equals 5% loss of your principal. So if you put in $10,000, you would receive back $9,500, basically. But you got the yield. If There's some variables in there, but let's just assume they got all the collection of the yield. They may have made sure. three, three and a half. So now they're only down one and a half or 2% total over the course of, I don't know, 15 months or 18 months, whatever yeah. the case is. Now, Yeah, as a total return, I, it, it would still probably be better than what you would receive in the alternative fixed income investment. Well, I can tell you that you, so what happens is they pay you back off the bond 
And if the market's down 25% and you're getting handed back 98% of your money, uh, you're getting handed back. It's going to smell like a bed of roses compared to everything else being down 25%. I know that. And now you have all, you have basically all your money right when you want it to be opportunistic about taking advantage of dislocated markets, taking advantage of markets being up 25 or 30%, right? The markets, hmm? Or taking advantage of volatility. When the market is down and you see, and you see one of the indices down two, three, four, 5% in that day, you should definitely look at structured notes because those coupons or growth components could be much higher. Because again, you're, you're taking on the risk of the volatility in a structured note. So higher volatility means higher coupons. Lower volatility would mean lower coupons. So Rob and I work on that. I like watching the markets. That's just one of my passions. And uh, over the last couple of weeks, Rob and I have been talking quite a bit about the vol. And uh, in order to get the right pricing, we need it to spike up a little bit. And so Rob's Rob already knows what I'm thinking when it comes to pricing these products out. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. And, and the other side to that, Rob, would be if it does sell off five, six, seven, eight percent volatility spikes, which increases that yield, yep. your starting point for that S&P 500 is now four or 500 points lower as well. And that's an additional benefit. That's right. Your starting point has dropped. So you're what we call the strike date. If today happens to be the strike date and the market is down 500 points, well, that's your initial level. That's where you begin. If the market keeps going up and up and up and you're buying a, a structured node then, well, that's going to be your starting point there too. But again, even if it's higher, depending on your cushion in your coupon payment or your principal, you might be okay with that. Yeah, the clients that I've talked to understand it. They understand the risk. They understand, you know, they have money in the stock market. So they already they already understand the risk of the stock market. So this is uh they like this structure quite a bit, the the clients that it's appropriate for. So who, who right. is, where's most of the deal flow coming from? And where's the, what's the growth been like for you guys the last couple of years? Sure. In the billions has been coming from the wire houses. So the Merrill Lynch's of the world, the Morgan Stanley's. In the independent broker dealers have also tagged on to the structured note world. And they're using it as in, as in part of their asset allocation model. Could be anywhere per investor, depending of course on each individual investor, anywhere from five to 10% of their portfolio would be allocated to structured notes. RIAs such as yourself are also incorporating this into their models. So there, there may be some small legging in of what the risk tolerance is, or they may be outside the model, or there may be a model that has a little bit more aggressive style. So rather than your conservative, moderate versions of the model, you may have an aggressive one. And those are the ones where you want the FANG trade, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, because they're going to give you those double-digit coupons and decent barriers. So you have the risk tolerance of maybe minus 40%. If one of these stocks drops by minus 40 or less, you're good. You get your money back. But if it drops more than that, Again, you would participate in the same loss, but you have this 40% cushion. So the bigger, to answer your question, wire houses, independents are definitely looking at these more and more and more. So are RIAs and they're in model and outside their model. And we've come in the last four years 
at approximately 15 to 20% growth year over year. The current new issue market is around 80 to $85 billion per year of new issue structured notes. And again, these are trades that are $1,000 minimum and 1,000 multiple. So just think about that number, you know, 80 billion between all these different investment firms, retail investment firms. There are some other institutional type clients that are looking at this as well. And they tend to be way more esoteric because again, they're gonna be institutional and they're, they know what they're doing, quote unquote, but they would also like some protection. And they would also like to participate in, in the, the, the innovation of structured notes. And we've seen we a lot of growth about, there too. We were chatting about the innovation and you, and you alluded to it earlier that, you know, it's kind of infinite possibilities in terms of what you want to do. You got all the different indices that you could connect with from the S&P 500 to the Russell, to the Dow Jones, to individual stocks. You can pick it from a coupon standpoint, which is primarily how we're utilizing it at this moment, but you could use it um, in another way just for market upside. There's, there's a lot of different functionality to it and, and you could even use it to the downside, isn't that right? That's right. So you, you don't have to be bullish. I mean, think about it. Most clients Helps are if you do, the bullish the market. Eighty five percent of the That's time. Right. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, the helping hand of you know the invisible hand of of governments definitely does help. But yeah, if if the market keeps going up and up and up and up, then technically, ninety percent of investors or higher are long. They're long in the market. Well, what if you have the opposite view? What if you're the contrarian? You can create a structured product that pays you if the market moves down. So just flip it. Rather than being bullish, you're now bearish. Now, if the stock or index moves up, you're at risk. But if it moves down, you get growth or you get paid and enhanced yield. So you can totally turn it upside down and it'll work exactly the same way. That's pretty cool. So how does um, advisors asset management, you know, how, how big is the deal flow you guys do and, and what do you guys bring to the table? So we are, we are really an extension of a lot of RIAs and a lot of retail clients as far as like their due diligence process, because we are fully transparent. We do have fiduciary responsibility to, to people like Centura, to like yourself. And that's why we have access to 16 banks. So when you come in looking for a structured note, or you may not know what you're looking for and you're looking for an opinion, we could definitely have access to those five to 600 trades per month. We also have access to pricing tools so we can price them on our own and then go from there as far as like a custom trade would go, but it's fully transparent. And a lot of this came from the 2008 and nine crisis where regulations came in and said, you know what? If you're doing a structured note, we just had the Lehman event, let's put everything on page one. So when you receive a prospectus or you look at a prospectus from one of these you know, monthly trades, you'll see on page one, what is the price? Let's say it's 99 and a half. What is the estimated value? And that's another thing that regulators have made the banks do. So estimated value is pretty much, well, what is the wholesale cost? of creating this trade. So you'll see all the embedded fees. We as AAM have definitely adopted this for the transparency part. 
the issuers are available. We're, we're totally in contract with every bank that creates structured products. And we're part of your life cycle. So it's from creation or the primary, in the, the primary trades themselves, meaning the new issue trades, the secondary market, because there is a secondary market for this, as there would be for most investment products. Most, not all, but most. So if you wanted to sell your structured note, we can provide a bid uh, where we would buy, and so can the banks. And we also do portfolio uh, monitoring and reporting. So if you have a list of you know, high net worth clients that have 20 different structured notes, we can put it into our system, we can track it, we can tell you what the intrinsic value is, we can tell you what the current bond value is, we can schedule it so you know when your maturities or call dates are. So there's a lot of innovation, fintech innovation at AAM that, that helps investors such as yourselves. I can concur with that because we do quite a bit of pricing with you, Rob, and everything you just acknowledged is, I, I can reaffirm with everybody. You did touch on something there before we get off this podcast that I did want to touch base on because it is a unique asset and markets do get volatile and you touched upon the secondary market. You know, you, there is a secondary market. How liquid is that secondary market? And has anybody ever backed away on that secondary market? It's liquid to the extent that the bid and ask are pretty much published. If you have a Bloomberg machine, you can see them there. But it's liquid in the form of wider bid and ask. And of course, you would see for, let's say, stocks. If you were to buy it today at 100 cents on the dollar, the bid could be 99 cents on the dollar. So you have like a 1% difference between bid and ask. Liquidity comes in the form of an exit price. There is a price for you to exit this trade. And depending how common it is or how esoteric, it'll be reflective in the price. The banks themselves who issue the paper would be our last resort. So let's say, for example, you bought this JP Morgan type trade and it's all well and you don't like the bid you're getting from your secondary market. Well, we can go to JP Morgan. And JP Morgan will provide the bid or slash unwanted price. We've never seen a bank fail on giving a bid. You may not like the bid because it may be low, depending on liquidity, but it's definitely there. So I can tell you from experience that during the 2008 and 9 crisis, where the markets really sold off and people were exiting as much as they can because they were looking for cash or they were just really fearful of what they owned. At Citigroup and at other banks, we never said no. We always provided a level, even during the times of crisis. So these days, they are published with, of course, the right fintech platforms that, that are available to most advisors and, and most companies like ourselves, like AAM. Retail, maybe not so much, but the benefit for retail is that these are daily mark-to-markets. So if you pull up, like most people do your online statement daily, I myself do it at least five times a day because I just like to look. <laughs> but most people will look at their statements daily. The price that's in there is from last night. And that is your exit price. So you, you shouldn't be too shocked about where your trade is valued. And these days, again, if it's not us providing the secondary market, then it's the bank itself. So 
it's nice to know there's a secondary market. I think you hit the head of the nail that you may not like the bid. That being said, in the market crash, you probably didn't like the bid on AAA rated bonds at that point in time. No, you either. did not either. No, that's right. Oh, it, it's, you know, you didn't like the bid on stocks. You didn't like the bid on anything. We always advise our clients, you know, when you set up for a term of 15 months or 18 months or whatever the term is, you should expect to hold it. Don't put your money in a situation where you may need it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of my roles is to make sure, hey, this money's really earmarked for what it's going to do and that this is not really the source of liquidity despite the fact that there that's is right. a secondary market. And that's a, really, and that's a really good point you're making, Kyle. Structured notes, we call them buy and hold investments because you're looking for the performance and you're not going to get the performance if you decide to sell it three months after you purchased it and there's two years to go. Yep. So you do want to get the value of it. Man, that's uh, good stuff, Rob. We, we got down in the weeds a little bit, but I think it helps... Uh, the sophisticated clientele to understand kind of the nuances, as you can tell. Lots of different ways to design it, lots of different considerations. Rob's an expert in this. Uh, his group has been outstanding in helping us uh, with these offerings and, and structuring these things. And uh, I really like working with you and Pat and your team over there. And I appreciate you joining me on this podcast today. Oh, I appreciate I appreciate being invited. Thank you very much, Kyle. Guys, this has been fantastic. Kyle, uh, obviously, you brought him on because he's brilliant, whether he's speaking about, but obviously, this is another subject that's incredibly complex. And people that are listening to this, although, yes, we've got a great education on this podcast, you guys, I know you guys barely scratch the surface of anything. So to have a conversation with you uh, about this, how do they reach out to you and, and speak with you, Kyle? Well, you can just look on the World Wide Web, right? Centura Wealth dot com. Our phone number is 858-771-9500. Pretty easy to find us. Uh, how about you, Rob? How about, uh, how do they connect with your group? Advisors Asset Management or aamlive.com. Uh, it's mostly for advisors themselves. You're going to request a login and you can see all the structured notes plus the education. We do have educational material on there as well. Some of it is very retail friendly. It's approved by, by FINRA, but you do have to be an advisor. So if you are a retail investor listening to this, reach out to Kyle. He has access to AAM Live. He can provide you all that information. Fantastic. Yep, absolutely. Rob, thank you so much for being on the show. Of course, Kyle, thank you for bringing him on the show and having such a great conversation. And of course, our last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast with the team from Centura Wealth Advisory. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when they come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Centura Wealth Advisory, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. This is Kyle Malmstrom. This is a little excerpt post the podcast that we did on structured notes with Rob Sawinski. Sadly, Rob passed away two days after that podcast, and so we want to do a little tribute and, and share our thoughts with it because he was a dear friend and colleague and his name should be remembered, revered. And we just want to get our condolences out. I have a colleague here, Patrick Anderson with Advisors Asset Management who worked with Rob. Patrick's going to have a little bit to say here as well, but you know, my short time with Rob was, he was, he was awesome, man. He was, he, he was take the hill type of guy. 
and helped me out in so many ways and was just so intelligent and informative on that on that podcast and just in that whole space in general. I really liked Rob and liked working with him and I thought he was a great guy. I am sad that he's gone and I'm going to miss working with him. And I want everybody to know that he's in a better place and, and sadly we were going to miss him. And so Patrick, I know Patrick worked with him for 17 years and has known him for 17 years. So thanks for joining me, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you, Kyle. And yeah, I, you know, I think through this difficult time for, for everybody here, both family, loved ones, friends of his, work colleagues of the past. He's certainly remembered as somebody that was very, he stood out in the crowd. I mean, he, he was uh, a shining star in the industry. He's just someone that, that's going to be missed by all. I think, unfortunately, Rob, with his battle with cancer, you know, he did lose it. But throughout that process, Rob, he was a very private, prideful man. It wasn't something that was really shared with many folks out there. So his passing really came as a surprise to many people. First and foremost, Rob was just, who Who was he? What was he about? You know, when you, when you get down to the brass tack priorities in one's life, first and foremost, his family came first. He was an incredible family man. He leaves behind a loving wife, Monica, and their two children, Veronica and Philip. Veronica is a sophomore in college. She's a D1 swim racer. And Philip is a rising star. He will be, I believe, he wants to follow in his father's footsteps and enter, enter finance. He's going to be a senior in high school, so he's still quite young. But, you know, Rob was just so very proud of, of his family. Uh, he made it always known to everybody around him just that they were his true pride and joy. You know, I think the thoughts the AAM family and the industry as a whole are certainly with his family. Our condolences are with them. Had a lot of times speaking with all three of them. Uh, met with them a few weeks back, and uh, I know it's just a very difficult time period for them. Rob is, like, as I mentioned, Rob is just a very special person. His passion for his family, his work, and his friends was always evident. Rob, by way of his career, Rob had a very long and successful career in finance, which, which spanned over 21 years. He began most recently with AEM. He served as AEM's new agent new issue origination specialist with a focus on pure equity linked structured products where he sat for the last five years prior to joining AAM. And I think you guys have access to his bio out there, but he began his career at Citigroup in 2000, working on the rate linked structured products desk, covered broker dealer community out there. And he spent 14 years at Citi before joining Jefferies in 2014. At Jefferies, he built out their cross-asset structured product sales desk, servicing in-house clients, institutions, middle market client base, and then the broker-dealer community alike. Throughout his career, Rob certainly distinguished himself through his tireless work ethic, strong character, and the outpouring of love and support across the entire industry speaks to the deep friendships he was able to create and the respect that the industry had for him and all. Personally, I was lucky to have considered Rob not only a professional colleague, but a friend and a trusted confidant. Rob and I met in 2005. At the time, I was a trader at Merrill Lynch, and I worked in structured products at that point in time on, on the Merrill trading desk. And Rob became one of my largest clients when he sat at Citi, and I was accessing the Citibank wealth management platform and some of their institutional client base. And our history spans 
clearly over 15 years, 16 years. And I can only say he was a special human being. He's one who I will consider irreplaceable and whose loss will forever be on my mind and my heart. Thinking about Rob and who he was, how he looked at life. I know that he's looking down on all of us, all of his loved ones, his friends, ex-colleagues. And he's just pushing them all to chase their dreams, chase their passions, and just never settle for what you have right here, build for yourself and your family. So he is just a very special man. His family is very near and dear to me. My heart goes out to all of them. He will be missed. Thanks, Patrick. That was, that was very kind and thoughtful, and thanks for joining us. The gravity of it, you've communicated it well, and the gravity of his impact with his family and then the people he touched is well communicated. With that, we're going to miss Rob, and we'll see him on another day when we all rise up and join him in the heavens above. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results. 